This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. It's a Monday, so it's Cray News with Kay on a Monday. It's Kay Smythe. She's a writer, commentary and news writer over there at uh, The Daily Caller. She's on Newsmax all the time. Saw her on OAN the other day. She's on my show all the time. Kay, how are you? Good to see you. I'm so good, Joe. How are you? I'm living the dream. So here's my question. Twitter never really worked for conservatives. In fact, you know, I was squelched. You've been squelched. Our traction isn't what it should be. And then Elon Musk buys it for $44 billion because he can. Because I, I truly believe it's because the Babylon Bee got suspended. But having said that, he buys it. Then you can subscribe. Then the blue check mark doesn't really mean anything anymore. Uh, you got to give him seven or eight bucks a month if you want to post longer videos. If your name is Krasenstein, you can say anything stupid you want and get five billion views on it. And now he's decided, well, let me just change the name. Okay, what, what am I missing? Is he just toying with us? Is Elon Musk playing with us right now? I don't know. I think... I don't know what to think. This is the issue, Joe, is like none of this makes sense. It's like Elon Musk bought Twitter and was like, okay, let's get rid of all of the rules, but also let's go with the theme of like no rules. And it's just (laughs) back to back to back decision making that doesn't really make sense. Like I understand the subscriber thing, for example, uh, because it's like the easiest way for a company to make money other than ad sales. Right. Uh, the X thing, honestly, unless you like if you hadn't pointed it out to me, I, I wouldn't even have noticed. It's just it looks like a design glitch. Or yeah, if you, if, yeah, if you go to Twitter right now, it, it doesn't say Twitter on the top. There's no bird. The bird is gone. There's just an X. What? It's just I'm just like, OK, what does that mean? What is the ethos behind that? Do you know what? I don't care. I don't care about the answers to any of those questions. <laughs> I care about the algorithms that yes. will allow me to see the things that I want to see. I don't want to read uh, the stuff that's sort of like designed for me, which is like 10 different people on repeat. Um, and then you go to like your actual follower feed or the people that you follow feed. And that's all garbage. Honestly, it's just stopped me using social media as much. And I am so here for that. So I want to stop you. Look, I want to talk about the for you page. You could not be more correct. You know who they give me in my for you page? I don't know if you've met me, but I'm a conservative guy. I'm a fan of Trump. I believe in low taxes, low regulations. I can't stand the current administration in my for you feed is Joe Biden, POTUS, um, uh, press secretary, Kamala Harris, the Krasensteins. This is for me. Who's the idiot that that wrote this algorithm? Um, probably just like a bunch of woke progressive. FBI Never see anything you CIA post agents. unless I look for you. If I look for you, I'll find you. Can't see what, what I follow. You've been following you for years. Can't yep, see anything no you post. No one ever sees my stuff. Like I had a friend text me the other day who's like an expert in social media management, and she was saying, you know, engagement is down across all platforms which is somewhat common in the summer. People use social media less during the summer months. But she was saying that all engagement is down for all accounts across all social media platforms. 
I get retweeted anywhere from like six to 10 times a day by accounts with million plus followers. And I'll get maybe like two to 300 likes, maybe that. Crazy. And like, Crazy. like I get are not like indicative of like actual, you know, engagement and interactions. I'm sure there's lots of people who will see the headlines, things like that, uh, who won't click on it. But that doesn't mean anything when these platforms are kind of like the only reason I certainly use them is for work and for business. Like and that engagement is a, like directly correlates to like sometimes just my bottom line every month. And if Twitter and these different platforms aren't going to do, you know, the absolute bare minimum to keep people engaged, then I think they're just going to go the way of MySpace. Is he just really rich and really bored? Because there there was no reason. We all still know it's Twitter. It looks exactly the same. I think he tried to call PayPal X, and that's when the board of directors kicked him out of his own company. What is up with the X? I don't know. I hope he's got nothing is to he do bored? with that, like, disease X that I keep oh, that'd be seeing, horrible. like, pop out in, like, weird global news So outlets. you can't figure him out? No, but at the same time, I don't really want to. Yeah, I I'm with you. That anyone that cries for that much power and attention has, like, some kind of emotional deficiencies that I don't want to deal with. <laughs> I also don't love hero worship. I think it's a very, very, very dangerous, very... Oh, are people worshiping him? Oh, people like love Elon. Someone had a mental breakdown today, like in a good way, because this guy, Greg Price, I know, got followed by Elon Musk on Twitter and people were like, oh my God, this looks incredible. This is so exciting. I, I, I get it from like one perspective. Yeah. But then I also look at it from sort of like a macro perspective and I really caution, particularly young people, against sort of idolizing anyone that you see on the internet, anyone that you sort of uh, admire or dream of being. Pretty much all of my heroes from my childhood have either been busted on some kind of like crime against children. They've been fired from their jobs for being horrible people. Right. Uh, they've disappeared into nowhere because they realize that being surrounded by family and being surrounded by the unconditional love of family is the most important thing and no amount of fame will ever come close to how good that feels. And so whenever I see people, and it breaks my heart when I see people at work who get like genuinely upset when I take TV hits and they don't get those same slots because they get all of that emotional gratification from faceless people on the internet. And right. I'm like, guys, this is what we do for our careers. It doesn't have, it shouldn't have any emotional bearing on how you view yourself and how you view other people. So it's like, A, dangerous to hero worship anyone because yes. you'd be amazed how many pedophiles are out there, um, as we've learned a lot over the last decade or yeah. more. Um, also, don't seek fame and popularity and notoriety in spaces that could very well not exist. And to be honest with you, like you do, Joe, like I would say that your work is bigger than who you are as a, per as a person. You know, like the messages that you give out, the, the direction and the leadership that you set forth in your reportage has far greater ripple effects, I think, than you as an individual probably you, realize. And yeah. that should, like, that's what creates legacy. You know, no one what, what, remembers uh, Lush, Rush Limbaugh for something he made or something he did. Everyone remembers Lush, Rush, although he yes. was a bit Lush. Um, <laughs> everyone remembers Rush for his leadership and that prowess. Yes. 
and and, and, and for for for, for for beating that path that people like me walk down. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, I, I what what happens beyond what I do on the show is hopefully the effect that it's. I'll get an email from somebody who ten years ago you said this and it turned my life around. I'm like wow, that's amazing. I, I had no idea that that that's the sort of. Um, extension that we had through these tentacles that go out. Hopefully, we're sending out positivity and not negativity like I think you were alluding to. It's Kay Smythe. Follow her at Kay Smythe everywhere. Also, KaySmythe.com. One, one last thing. I follow Greg Price. He follows me. He's a good guy. He posts videos. Oh, very, very, Very smart poster. When I saw um, Elon Musk post the other day on Twitter or X or whatever the, whatever the hell it is, um, he said, um, who, who wants me to follow them or something like that? And my answer wasn't like, you know, that I'm not a hero worshiper. My answer was, you're not already. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, like I was going to line up and say, oh, please let me lick your boots. In fact, my, my pinned video on Twitter is I posted this video in May. Look at look at how, how few people have even seen it up till now. The algorithm's broken. Fix it, Elon Musk. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't understand the whole hero worship thing, but here's the sad part. Last month, for some reason, people felt they had to post how much money they made through subscribers and through ad sales on uh, on Twitter. And those people were, were all whitelisted. Those people had been, the algorithm was told, push these people. Yes, some are even conservative. Push these people. And people are making ten grand a month, $25,000 a month on Twitter. And I'm sitting back going, what do you have to do to just let it be an even playing field? Stop picking I, winners and losers. I thought that was all fake. No, I it was real. It was- 100% okay, real. One of my friends, I have a friend that runs mostly peaceful memes and he posted that he made $69,420 and Very I funny. still am laughing about that. Today. Well, that's hilarious. No, no, so they're I real. They well, I'll give you I'll give you an example. Benny Johnson made about $10,000 in one month on Twitter and I direct messaged him. We follow each other and I said, "Benny, what's the story?" He said, "No, this is for real and you got to do this, this, this and this." But the thing is, You've got to apply for some sort of subscription garbage on Twitter, and then some Politburo gets to decide whether you're accepted or not, and they're literally, oh, yep, K, no, PAGs, no, this person, yes. That's what they're doing, and I just hate that. In life, I I so believe in hard work, meritocracy, and really benefiting from your own sweat and and desire, And, and we're not getting that. Social media is one of the worst I've ever seen at completely deciding yes to you, no to you, because we say so. What's really interesting about the proliferation of social media, right, um, in the same way that all the popular kids from my high school were talentless idiots, um, there's also now a sort of growing trend, especially due to TikTok, which I think is completely engineered by the Chinese to make us all stupider. Um, But there's like now this sort of like normalization, exactly like you said, of people who have like actual talents and skill and knowledge and can articulate that and sort of like pay it forward, turn it into action. They don't get the attention that they need. They have a far smaller influence and a sort of like the weird nerdy kids, if you will. And now you have, thanks to social media, people who I swear to goodness can't read in real life having far more influence, far more push. These people who, you know, again, like I don't know how many other different ways I can say the word stupid because it's like the only real adjective I can think of in this moment to describe them um, because they're certainly not boring um, and they're not talentless. They're amazing at propaganda and manipulation and pulling something out their butt and turning it into a job. 
Um, but it really has just sort of normalized the stupidest in the crowd who are willing to do the most gross and outrageous things becoming the most popular. And we wonder why we are in a perpetual state of social decline. Yes. When you normalize that for young people, that's what they're going to look at. I remember I applied the same logic, right, when MySpace came out, when I was in my sort of like latter teens and Facebook became a thing, all this kind of stuff. I looked at every single celebrity on there and said, as soon as the next platform comes out, all of you guys are going to be irrelevant. And that happened time and time and time again. And now we're in a very extended epoch. There's a lot of people who are very popular and famous right now, not just from like news media, but across the sort of celebrity spectrum who are absolute classless idiots. And if they were left up to their own devices and didn't have ghostwriters and didn't have people coming in, you know, basically telling them how to think and feel or who weren't just living off the glorification of fear porn, which is like basically most of uh, news media outside of a handful of outlets and mediums right, right. now. Um, but it just sort of like, it really saddens me. But I'm wondering what will happen to break this epoch because so many new social media platforms have come out and none of them have been as successful as Facebook and Twitter. So is something going to come out one day that captures us in, oh, I guess, TikTok as well, but that captures us in that same way? I don't know. I think there's going to be a, an apocalypse before then, and I certainly won't be joining any new <laughs> social media platforms. And, that, and that's, the, and that's uh, by the way, all very well said. That's always the draw for me is I do it or the, the quandary for me. Do I jump into this new social media site? Is it going to do anything? If it does do something and I don't jump in, is that going to hurt my show? Because people with inferior shows and inferior voices or opinions might get more traction because they they jumped onto something that gave them a million followers. I don't know. It's always the quandary. I I loved it back in the day where we would get our news from watching TV, listening to the radio, or reading it in the newspaper. And we literally would bring the newspaper. This was before you were born, probably. We'd yeah. bring the newspaper, and we would take like a yellow highlighter. We would highlight the yeah. stories you wanted to cover. We, we would give the story out. I'd give opinion. We'd take some phone calls. It was all very organic. Now people will call in. They've got what they think is the truth from X, or whatever we're calling it today, and they're, they're just dead wrong, and, and it just becomes this, this yelling match. It's almost like we don't really have one outlet that we can say, this is where I can get the truth. Now let's let's break it down why I disagree with you. It's a very different animal. And also, by the way, everybody does a podcast. Everybody and their brother and their brother can do what I do and do it just as well. And they're gonna make a, a billion dollars. And if it doesn't happen tomorrow, they're gonna say, why didn't it work for me? Look at this guy. After I put in 35 years. It's Case Smythe. Uh, go to CaseMythe.com. Follow her over on uh, on all the social media at Case Smythe. I've got to get you to comment because you know a lot about Hollywood, a lot about how it works. What is going to happen with this writer's strike? I remember the writer's strike in 88. Uh, there was another one in the early 2000s. This one's lasting a while. Is this going to hurt production to the point to where even streaming services won't have any new content soon? Uh, well, streaming services are already going to basically by Christmas be out of all content. Uh, wow. Pretty much all of the shows that were slated to be out this year have either already got their release date or they should have been filming right now. And they should have been like the writing should have ended towards the end of um, like end of winter, start of spring of this year. Was when how how far ahead? I've got to ask you this. How far ahead of time do they have stuff in the can? Like the stuff we're watching now was shot and, and, and edited and everything, what, six months ago? Is it a year that, ago? It could be as little, like the editing could have finished for like the final wrap, as little as like two, three weeks. Um, I was on Twitter. I think it was Twitter last week. It could have been Instagram. I don't know. It's I X. It's called X now. Yeah, it's X. Um, 
like Twitter X, like probably not. Like every time I'm going to say the word X, I'm just going to go through like all my ex boyfriends and then just go to like any other social media platform. Okay. But um, <laughs> no, I went on Twitter the other day and I follow this one comedian, um, Andrew Schulz. I write about him a fair amount for the caller. He's super popular. He's uh, definitely not woke. Very blunt, funny type. Friends with a lot of fr- people that I'm friends with. So good dude. Um, he posts this analysis. And Joe, it hit me so hard that I spent like four days calling around my old industry friends being like, is this, does this carry enough water for me to do an editorial on it? And so basically Schultz's analysis was that essentially the Screen Actors Guild and the Writers Guild of America have literally guaranteed that there won't be any new shows into the future. And it's kind of a lose-lose situation for them, right? So most people don't care about the writer strike, sex, right? I get it. I wouldn't either. I just have to write about it a lot for work. But here's where it has a really interesting impact on, I think, again, or as another sort of key social metric that we should all be paying attention to. Mm-hmm. So writers and actors are annoyed because they feel like they're not making enough money from streaming services because unlike with traditional television you can't get what's known as residual checks so say for example the guys who did friends um every single time an episode of friends plays on tv you can see that you can see it's being played right there you know how many people are watching you have nielsen reports you can see who's advertising anyone if they want to waste their time can sit down and work out exactly how much an episode of a show makes so every time it's played on regular cable tv the people who are involved with that show get extra money. I have a friend who was in one episode of Friends sometime in like the early 2000s, late 90s. He still gets a check every six wow. months for like 19 cents for the one <laughs> episode that he was in. But that doesn't exist with streaming services because yeah. streamers or like these huge platforms won't tell the production studios, won't tell the unions how many viewers they actually have on these shows. So if you don't have the viewership number, you can't create the metric to work out how much money should be going in residuals to writers and to actors. Go follow K on X. It's at K Smythe. At K Smythe. Smythe is S-M-Y-T-H-E. K, I appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. We'll finish this next week. There's a whole other analysis to it. Oh, I can't wait. Keep it right here. Coming right back. This is the Joe Pag Show. Always appreciate Kay coming on. saying no nope no fun maybe hey uh it's the joe pag show much more to come. we've got another big hour coming your way stories to get to kevin mcgarry will be on the program bottom of the hour he's the boss over at every black lives matters no it's a different organization not the same one keep it here coming back this is the joe pag show